Welcome to another episode of Palm Harbor Local. I'm your host, Florida native and real estate ninja, Donnie Hathaway. You know, I started this podcast because I'm extremely passionate about connecting you with the people and the local businesses that make Palm Harbor so special. Palm Harbor, Florida is a great place to call home. It has everything you could dream of, from the food, the outdoors, the lifestyle, to the people in the community. Now, through this podcast and Instagram, I've been able to make some incredible connections, and I want to invite you to come follow me on Instagram. It's at Donnie.Hathaway, where I share all the best places to live, work, and play in beautiful Palm Harbor. Now, in today's episode, we have Sean Yesner from Yesner Law. Now, Sean has over 20 years of bankruptcy and real estate experience here in the Tampa Bay area. He's also the host of his Crushing Debt podcast, which talks about topics such as bankruptcy, real estate, um, and debt as well, and gives you tons of valuable information. Um, If you have any questions or just need more information on any of those topics, so be sure to check out his podcast. It's on any of the podcast platforms also on his website at yesnerlaw.com. So let's jump into it. I'm excited for you guys to meet Sean. Uh, I think he'll have a a ton of valuable information for you. So let's jump into it. Welcome, Sean. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Super excited to kind of sit down and get to know you a little bit more and get to know your business. Um, so thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. So let's uh, let's start there. Let's just talk about um, uh, your business, like Yes No Law and, and kind of what you do and, and what you're about there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I'm an attorney. Uh, I own the firm. And the firm is primarily set up to help people uh, eliminate debt. Uh, along with that, I do have a couple of real estate investors. I do handle some real estate law. And so those are the two primary focuses of the law firm is is the real estate law and the real estate investors on the one hand, and then uh, helping people get out of debt on the other hand. So so getting out of debt. So is that like, um, is that something you've always wanted to do? Or wh- where does that come from? Because that's an interesting career path, right? Yeah, it's interesting. I've, <laughs> I've always known I wanted to be an attorney. Okay. So I think pretty much since high school, I've known I wanted to be an attorney. Awesome. There, there's a lot of professionals uh, in my family. My dad is a CPA. Uh, another uh, uncle of mine is a CPA. There's there's doctors in the family. So I've always sort of been on that professional track where I would need some degree beyond college. Um, and and in high school, I was just drawn to being a lawyer. So I went into law school. Uh, my background, my undergrad degrees in accounting. So I went into law school thinking I'd be like an IRS attorney or something like that. When I got into law school, I got bit by the um, litigation bug. And so I thought I was going to do trials and I was going to do appeals and I was going to argue in front of judges. Yeah. Uh, and then I got out of law school and the first attorney I worked for was a real estate attorney. And so that's, that's sort of how I got into what I do now. Yeah. So you kind of just fell in love with it there after, yeah. after school and stuff. Yeah. So what is what is law school like? Because that's I'm sure that's it's it's pretty competitive, right? To get into to law school, um, and then just I'm sure it's pretty pretty grueling, uh, three four years. So what they say it's three years, and and it's interesting. What they say is um, the first year they scare you to death, second year they work you to death, third year they bore you to death, <laughs> and and that's pretty much. I, I think pretty much true. And one of the interesting things about law school, you know, and I compare it to being a CPA because that was my undergrad degree was accounting. I'm not a CPA. I didn't take the the graduate classes to qualify to sit for the CPA exam. 
but I always compare the two tracks and, and I've always understood that, that the weed out to be a CPA is the CPA exam. So you go all the way through college, you go all the way through graduate school, you sit for the CPA exam and there are some CPAs, most CPAs don't pass it on the first try. It takes two, three tries to yeah. pass the CPA exam. I think the weed out for law school is the first year of law school. If mm. you make it through the first year of law school, you'll probably do okay on the on the um, the bar exam yeah. for whatever state. And, and interestingly, I went to law school in Alabama um, and really had no problems passing the Florida bar. They don't really test you on groundbreaking law, you know. Right. Person A smacks person B. That's A, a battery, you know, B, a real estate contract, C, you know, and it, it, they don't really test groundbreaking. Hey, this new came out, new case came out yesterday. We're going to test that on this, on the bar exam. Sure. It is difficult and, and not everybody passes on, on the first, uh, on the first try. But if you graduate law school and you put the study time in, you put the effort in, you, you, it, it it's not as difficult to pass as, for example, the CPA exam. Yeah, sure, sure. So, um, so it's interesting, like the, how they, you know, just the way that those three years are set up, it sounds, sounds pretty grueling, like you said, but, um, so let's talk about like the bankruptcy part of it and debt. Like, what is it that you enjoy, um, about that and, and kind of what led you to, you know, start this business around that? I want you to meet Kaylin from K Coastal Designs. K Coastal Designs is a local graphic design company that specializes in logos and branding. Kaylin will create custom designs ranging from logos and t-shirts to business cards and social media graphics and much, much more. She will also create custom mural art for your public and private wall spaces. For all your design needs, call Kaylin today at 727-771-3701 or email her at kcoastaldesigns at gmail.com. Yeah, so I said that when I uh, graduated law school, I worked for a guy that did uh, residential and commercial closings, and that's where I got my experience into real estate law. Uh, I, that was down in Miami. That was a firm down in Miami, which is where I grew up, uh, and I did that for three years. But at, towards the end of that three years with him, I realized that I was always going to be his right-hand man. There was mm. no partnership track. There was no—I mean, it was his firm— and I and I still talk to him to this day. He's a, he's a great friend of mine. I've been practicing now since, gosh, 1998. So I you know last worked with him 20 years ago, and I still talk to him. And and he's down in Miami. He also does a lot of immigration law. So if I ever have the opportunity to refer him immigration cases down in Miami, I can still do that. But you know, I saw that it wasn't it wasn't where I wanted to be. It was a, a small firm with really no track to become a partner, an owner. Yeah. So right around that time, I was interviewing for different law firm jobs. Um, and I had targeted uh, Tampa, targeted Orlando, Jacksonville. And then if I couldn't find anything in Florida, I would probably take the Georgia bar and look you know, in, in Georgia, Atlanta, probably somewhere. Okay. And I found a job uh, here in Clearwater uh, that it was what we call a foreclosure mill. So representing lenders in foreclosure. And that was in, uh, in fact, my interview with that firm was right after 9-11. So 9-11 was on a Tuesday. My interview was on a Thursday. Wow. I had to drive up here, which from Miami isn't a big deal, but I had to drive up here for the interview. And and I had friends in Tampa, so I was able to do the interview, hang out with them, and drive back to Miami. Yep. But um, ended up getting that job, 
and, and really enjoyed it. Um, you know, obviously there's a component there of your, your, taking people's houses away, but sure. I didn't enjoy that part of it, but I enjoyed the area of law. The area of law to me was fascinating and the way the law firm was set up, I got to do everything. So I got to do uncontested cases. I got to do contested cases. I got to do trials. I got to do, I have a couple of uh, reported uh, appeals in, in foreclosure law area. I got to do bankruptcy. I got to do uh, title work still and closings okay. and all that kind of stuff. So that's where I got the background in sort of this area of law. Uh, working there for three years, uh, so in about 2004, the owner said, I'm done. I'm shutting the firm down. Uh, wow. She was or is, I think she's retired now, but I, she is an intellectual property attorney. So patents, trademarks, copyrights, okay. those types of things. And that was really her first love. Her father had started the firm, and to her credit, she had built this tremendous law firm. We were like the third biggest law firm in the state doing foreclosure law wow. at the time. Um, but she just, she didn't want to do it anymore. So the firm went from about 150 people, which included maybe 10 to 12 attorneys down to her, another attorney and two staff, you know, 150 down to four, just like that in a, in six months. Yeah. Well, at that point I'd already been out of law school six months I always sort of knew I was going to start my own gig at some point. And so I said, well, let me take what I know about how to do a foreclosure quickly and turn it on its ear and, and slow it down. And so in 2004, I, I started the first version of the law firm uh, and uh, doing foreclosure defense. I, I hooked up with some real estate investors. And so I would help them acquire properties and do closings and all that kind of stuff. But the the houses they they couldn't buy for whatever reason or didn't want to buy for whatever reason, they would refer to me to handle the foreclosure defense and the the short sales and the loan modifications and and you can't really learn how to do all that stuff without understanding how bankruptcy works. Yeah. So I got into bankruptcy and then okay. you know the people that there are some people that bankruptcy is not a good option, but you still got to get rid of the debt. So started negotiating away debts and and doing that kind of stuff and that's sort of that's sort of how. Uh, the firm has evolved. Um, it's, it's interesting in 2006, six or seven, uh, I picked up a law partner and he and I continued to grow the firm and, and grew a pretty substantial firm. One of our best clients, and this is like in the heyday of the recession where yeah. short sales were everywhere. Yeah. One of our best clients was Prudential Tropical which is the predecessor to Berkshire Hathaway. Yep. So I've done a lot of work with, I'm sure there's a couple of realtors, you know, floating around your office here that might still recognize yeah, my absolutely. name if they were back in the day. So, uh, but yeah, so um, w w a ton of short sales, a ton of loan modifications and a ton of bankruptcies and just generally helping people get out of debt. And, and it's a good feeling to have someone, you know, I, I tell people, I know I've done a good consultation when someone leaves the office and says, thank you. I, I feel like I can sleep tonight. Mm, and, yeah. and that's sort of what, what drives me is, is I, I've said getting rid of those financial bullies yeah. is, is a lot of what drives me. Yeah. So what is it? Um, so like diving into like the, the bankruptcy part and, and debt part of it, um, like what are some common things that, that that people like why they get into those situations or why they get into that spot where they need to file for bankruptcy. Is there like a common theme that, um, you know, some tips or something that you can kind of avoid, 
or, or just be aware of? Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's just bad things happen to good people, and, yeah. and it just can't get avoided. You know, back in the the foreclosure meltdown or recession or you know whatever you want to call it, people kept saying we need to stop foreclosures, and and my response to that was we're never going to stop foreclosures or really the only way to stop foreclosures is to stop people from getting divorced, stop people from, from getting cancer and other medical issues, stop people from losing their jobs. You know, you stop those things, then you'll stop foreclosures. And so a lot of times I I get a lot of clients that are, they've got good paying jobs. They're not necessarily irresponsible with their money. They just, you know, they, they got a divorce and, and income, got cut in half or they lost their job for whatever COVID or, you know, whatever other reason or, you know, the cancer treatments or heart treatments or, you know, whatever. So there's, unfortunately, there's always going to be that segment of people that just, they're good people, just bad things happen. Um, There are another segment of people that, that probably could make better money choices. Yeah. Um, You know, I don't want to say a lot of times in a lot of consultations, I, I have to tell the client or the person I'm consulting with to stop beating themselves up. Sure. And I say, and I think that would be a big factor as well. You know, they, they come and they basically almost cry about, I made this bad money decision and that bad money decision. And, you know, look, we're all, we're all human. We all make mistakes. I'm never going to criticize anybody, you know, for their money choices. Uh, But, you know, sometimes you, you make bad money choices and that leads to it. You know, things like, if somebody has a lot of credit card debt and they take out a consolidation loan to consolidate all that debt, well, that's fine, but then don't charge up the credit cards again. Right. Because now you just <laughs> doubled your debt. Yeah. You know, the, the people that, that, you know, have to have the brand new car, well, maybe get, you know, a, a, a used car or, sure. or don't, you don't need all the features, you know, I just got a new car and it doesn't have a GPS, but it's got the Apple play. And right. so I can plug in my phone and the GPS pops up on the screen. Yeah. I don't need to pay extra to have GPS in my car. Right. It's the same I'm, exact thing. Right. Yeah. So, you know, those kinds of tips I, I did, um, I did write a book. I've written a couple of books. Um, but the second book I wrote, uh, is called become debt free in less than an hour. And it's got a lot of those kinds of tips. In okay, it. cool. Um, you know, adjusting your withholdings so that you get less of a refund, but you get more take home pay. Um, d- doing things like cutting cable. I've saved a couple of hundred bucks a month just cutting cable and going with the streaming services. Sure. You know, so different, different things like that, making you all those auto renew subscriptions. I caught one the other day for the law firm. It was a $150, um, auto renewal for uh, some outdated legal materials that I don't even use anymore. And even though it's $150 a year, still, I mean, a couple of those, they add up, right? Exactly. Yeah. So th- those kinds of tips are typically what I help with. Yeah. Um, and I want to talk, so you're, you're obviously you, you host your own uh, podcast to crushing debt. So I want to talk a little bit about that as well. Um, Cause you share a lot more, a lot more tips and, and more in-depth uh, stuff uh, um, around those topics as well. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about just being a business owner and kind of um, what that's been like. So you said, so six months out of law school, you decided to um, open your own business, six open your own practice. Years, six years. Oh, six years. I'm sorry. That's okay. Still, yeah. 
pretty much a baby attorney when yeah. I started. It, it's interesting to, I sort of always knew. So like I said, my dad um, owned his own CPA firm. Um, and interestingly, each of the four CPAs had sons who were lawyers. And so we always joked that the four sons should get together and start the law firm of the exact same name as the CPA firm because yeah. we were all, and then you have the, the CPA firm and the law firm. We, we never did it because <laughs> all the sons were spread out and doing different areas of law in different states, even some of them. So, but, yeah. but it was always funny, but I knew I was always going to be my own boss. It was just a matter of, of how and when really. Mm. And I think the, the best part about it is the opportunity to do things like this um, instead of being stuck at my desk, you know, cranking out legal work. Right. Um, I enjoy being an attorney. You know, I always joke, you look at like the, the Morgan and Morgan law firm. And, you know, when was the last time John Morgan was in court arguing a case? He, mm -hmm. He's really just, he's gotten to a point where he has the ability to work on his business rather than in his business. Right. And I'd love to get there, but I, I still enjoy being an attorney. Right. So right. I don't ever foresee a time where I would not, you know, attend a hearing every now and then or draft a motion every now and then. I don't know that I necessarily see that happening, but what I love most about owning my own business is the ability to tinker with it and tweak it and, and do things that, that'll bring in business and do things that'll, you know, because now I'm starting to get employees and, and it, it's kind of a big burden too. It's kind of a big responsibility too. Sure. I've got to bring in enough work, not only to feed me and my family, but to feed the three other people that work with me right. and, and feed their families. So it, it's that balance of, you know, when am I a dad? When am I uh, the attorney? When am I the business owner? Mm -hmm. But that's, I think, the part that I find the most fun is is doing all those types of things. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think that's the most fun about being being a business owner, right? You get to you get to do a little bit of uh, of everything, and you get to pick and choose like what aspects of being an attorney or being whatever it is that you want to do, what you enjoy the most, right? Right. Uh, I've sort of sometimes I've analogized it to having a roommate. You know, if I want to put that picture on that wall, I don't have to get my roommate's permission. Yeah. I, just, I just do it. Yeah. Now, if I want their input, I'll ask. But but if if that, you know, if I want to take the law firm in this direction, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, sure. So let's talk. Um, let's talk about the podcast a little bit. Yeah. And kind of so you've you've been doing the podcast for, I think you said like five or six years now. Yeah. As I, I think I started it in 2015. The mistake I made that first year is I wasn't consistent. So I mm. wanted a weekly show, but I didn't record enough to, to generate weekly content. And so that first year I didn't, it, it took me like a year and a half to get to 52 episodes. And once I got there, I said, I'm going to be religiously consistent about getting this out every week. And I have. So, um, as we record, uh, I'm about to get to episode 280. I'm I'm closing in on episode 300. Awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been, I think it's been six years chronologically and I'm working on year five in terms of episodes. Yeah. So what have you, what have you enjoyed about the podcast and kind of what have you gotten out of it, uh, gotten out of it from, from the business aspect of it? So it, it, I've gotten a ton out of it and, and I really enjoy doing it. Yeah. Um, I've been able to meet some 
amazing people, um, people that I don't know that I would have ever had the opportunity to talk to otherwise, yeah. uh, both locally, nationally. Um, I got to talk to, I did, I didn't get the opportunity to interview him on my show, but I got to talk to Jeffrey Gittimer, who's written a lot of sales books and, okay. and whatnot. Um, I got to, I did get to interview on my show, Mike McCallowitz, who's written a book called profit first, a bunch of other books on how to grow your business, how to, how to budget for your business, how to do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, for those of you that, that know what BNI is, I got to interview Dr. Meisner on my show and, and he had me on the BNI podcast. So it's opened those kinds of doors. Um, it's allowed me to help people. I still get people that, that, um, call me or email me or, or whatever and say, Hey, I listened to episode X and it really helped me do this. Awesome. Um, it's, it's gotten me business. I, I have a, a consultation coming up next week uh, from someone who heard the show and called me up because he wants a consultation. Now, yeah. I don't know if he's inside Florida or not, which, right. which might limit things, but <laughs> um, he's done that. I have a sponsor for the show, so um, he covers all the production costs. So uh, the show monetizes in, in terms of I don't have to pay for it anymore. I don't yeah. have to pay to produce it anymore. It's gotten me speaking gigs at different conferences. Um, so it, it's helped build the brand. I mean, a lot of people now in Tampa Bay, there aren't very many attorneys that, that have a podcast that I know of. And, and those that did or do, a lot of them do what we call pod fade, meaning <laughs> they, they don't continue. Right. They see how much work goes into it and, yeah. and they just don't continue doing it. Yeah. So it, it's helped brand me and the law firm in, in a way as well. It's generated SEO. Mm -hmm. um, there's a couple of, of unique things that I do that I won't get into in a lot of detail, but uh, for one particular aspect of, of what the law firm does, I am ranked number one on Google organically for that that thing. Yeah. Um, and so I get a ton of business from that. Um, so it's, it's definitely been a, a fun experience. Yeah. It's, I mean, you hit on so many good points there, you know, just like the connections that you make through the podcast and stuff. I mean, that's how you and I got connected was, yeah. was because of my podcast. Um, and, um, and just how fun it is to, to record it and meet some of these, meet some people in, in the community and stuff too. Um, so why, why did you decide to start a podcast? <laughs> It's funny. So back in like 2014 or 15. So, you know, I said I started that law firm in 2004. We had the, the relationship with Prudential Tropical. Um, eventually, uh, I got into a disagreement with my law partners. I had admitted some law partners and got into a disagreement and saw that it was time to move on. And so uh, I, they bought me out and I used that money and started the law firm over again, basically, mm -hmm. uh, which is the current version of the law firm. Well, I was talking to my, the guys that do the website and they kept saying, you need more SEO, you need more content, you need more of this, you need more of that. And I, you know, I'm still you know trying to rebuild this law firm and, right. and remake the connections and do all that kind of stuff. And I didn't really have the time. My, my younger son was born in 2014. My older son was born in 2011. So I had two toddlers at home and newborn and toddler at home. And I just didn't have the time to sit and write, uh, write a blog or, or do something like that. 
if I did, it, it, I wasn't writing a blog. I was writing a motion or a demand letter or a you know letter right. to opposing counsel or whatever. So I kept thinking, how am I going to, how am I going to get more SEO content? And what I would do is I would drive around in my car as I was driving from one appointment to another appointment, whatever. And I would talk to myself and I would say, well, I'm going to write about this topic and, and I'm going to come at it from this angle. And maybe I might write this joke in here and maybe I might research this over there. And I was talking to myself so that I would commit it to memory so right. that when I did have a chance, I could just write it out. You're like leaving notes for yourself and stuff. Right. Yeah. And then I thought, well, this is dumb. And so <laughs> I, I turned on my iPhone and I would record notes to myself. And I started doing that. And then I thought, well, this is dumb. I've already got the content recorded. Yeah. So I, at the time, I was in another group called Tampa Bay Business Owners and we were talking a lot as a group about podcasting right around that time. And so I, I approached, uh, the, the, the guy that headed the group and said, Hey, I've got this idea for this law show. What do you think? And, he's, and he said, yeah, it's a fantastic idea. And so I started taking all the recorded notes and putting them together as, as episodes. Um, and that's literally how the, the podcast was born. Yeah, uh, it was actually called the Yesner Law Show the first year because I also really struggled with you know I'm a Florida attorney, so I didn't want you know people from Georgia to call me, people from California to call me, people from New York to call me. Well, I can't help them. I'm only licensed in Florida. Yeah, and as I got to that uh, the end of that first year, I said, you know what? I, what go big or go home i mean let, mm -hmm. let's see what happens if right. i just open it up and so change the branding that's when it became crushing debt um, still talked about all the same stuff which is the stuff the law firm does so i've got shows related to real estate investing i've got shows related to um, bankruptcy law negotiation law um, i do a series of shows so my homeowner association has uh, two garage sales a year. And so I try to think about some sales technique yeah, and use it at the garage sale. And then I podcast about it Okay, after that, you know, how did it work out? How did things like, you know, how do you present the stuff? Do you just throw it out there in the driveway or do you actually, you know, all the man cave stuff is in this corner and all the baby sure. stuff is in this corner. And, you know, just talking about those, I've talked about uh, some networking topics, but, but I would say the primary topics that you're going to find if you look up the show are things about getting rid of debt or things about real estate investing. Right. The, the stuff that the law firm does. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, I like to kind of wrap up every podcast with this, with this one question and what is your, uh, being a local podcast, you know, what is one of your favorite local businesses, um, that you either want to highlight or just something, you know, something that you're really into right now. Gosh, there's, there's, there's a ton, there's a ton. <laughs> so I'm part of a, a networking group as well. So I wonder yeah. how many of them I want to plug. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I think probably the, the first thing that popped into my head, uh, was uh, Tampa Bay brewing company. Oh yeah. So one of the other things I love to do is, is, um, two things. Uh, number one, I, I run. So about five years ago, I went to the doc, six years ago, right around the time of the podcast, actually, I went to the doctor and, and 
I was overweight and my sugar was high and my cholesterol was high and all the, the things you don't want to hear from a, from a doctor. Right. Um, especially when you have a young family. Uh, and so I started running to get in shape. Uh, I run out of safety Harbor, uh, every Wednesday. And then a lot of those people run out of Tampa Bay brewing in West chase, which is where I live. Okay. And so I thought, well, that's easy. It's, it's, I live there. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, I run out of Tampa Bay brewing pretty much every Monday night. And then when we get back, um, you know, they have all their, their craft brews and local right. brews and whatnot. Yeah. So, so we run so that we can drink, have a beer. Yeah. Um, of course. So, yeah. So I, I like, uh, I'm into running, I'm into craft beer and Tampa Bay brewing is the, is the best of both. There's probably a ton of other companies and businesses that I could mention, but sure. that was the first one that popped yeah. into my head. No, I, I like it. And they, they have good food there at Tampa Bay oh, Brewing yeah. Company. Yeah, They have great food there. Yeah. I love the food there. Yeah. Great outdoor uh, setting and, and kind of environment there too as well. And in fact, it was funny um, when COVID first hit, you know, all the restaurants shut down. Yeah. When they opened up, Tampa Bay Brewing had like a, like a dirt parking lot in the back. And so what we all did as runners, once they started to open up, and I believe they'd only opened up as a carryout place at that time. So this might have been, what, like March? No, must have been like May, June, yeah, about a year ago, right. a little more than a year ago. So what we would do is we would go to that back dirt parking lot. We'd all park, and then we'd run from there and do sort of the same I do a 5k, a three mile route. Some of them did a, a six mile, 10k route, but yeah. whatever. And then when we'd come back, we'd go to Tampa Bay Brewing, buy the four packs of beer to go, go sit in the parking lot. We all had our, our beach chairs and lawn chairs and yeah, whatnot. put go. them in a socially distant circle <laughs> and sit there and hang out and drink beer after our run. Nice. And, and then I'll go home. And then uh, very slowly Tampa Bay Brewing, as well as pretty much everywhere else is, has totally reopened now. But, yeah. But that was, that was actually kind of fun, even though it was a pain in the rear end. It was, it, it, it brought us all a little bit closer too. Yeah. I think there's a lot of cases like that, right. Where, you know, the whole COVID thing, or just like, as things were shutting down or opening back up, uh, situations like that, where everyone just became a little closer, the community became a little bit closer too. Right. So, yeah, so it's really cool to see. Well, Sean, I, I appreciate you jumping on the podcast today and, and, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of great tips, but where can people, um, find you, uh, find your podcast, all that sort of information? Yeah. Uh, no, thanks. I, I really enjoyed, uh, being here. It's interesting being on this side of the microphone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, easiest place is the website, the law firm's website, which is yesnerlaw.com, uh, Y-E-S-N-E-R law.com. A lot of people try to put two S's in there. There's only one S in Yesner. <laughs> um, and that has everything. That'll have the links to, to social media. Uh, it'll also have the podcast on there. Um, you can find all of the back episodes, all the current episodes. It updates automatically. Uh, the podcast is available everywhere. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. Alexa, you know, whatever it's, it's available everywhere. Um, but, but typically Yesner law is, is the main source where everyone, there's a place where if they want to contact me, they can contact me. So that's the easiest way. Cool. So yesnerlaw.com. Right. And we'll put all the links and stuff in the, in the description below so they can go, go check it out. Cool. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you. So I really hope you enjoyed that conversation today. Be sure to hit that follow button for Palm Harbor Local on your favorite podcast platform and download the episode as you listen in. To learn more about the life in Palm Harbor area, then follow me on Instagram. It's at Donnie.Hathaway. Let's have a great week and we'll talk to you soon.